You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Join Sharon as she discusses the human experience of creating and maintaining relationships of all kinds, from friendships to family and everything in between. And now, here's Sharon. You're listening to Ship Talking, 97.9 The Hills show, where we talk about relationships. I am your host, Sharon Levine, joined by good friends Val and Ross Cody. Val and Ross have been friends of mine for many years now. They are tons of fun, both unbelievably fit and attractive. (laughs) They have (laughs) very jobs and have some really interesting stories uh, about how they've grown together over the years. They make me feel really cool when I hang out with them, and I am just so glad that they are joining us today, Val and Ross. Thank you. How are you? Hello, Sharon. Hello, Sharon. It's so nice to be here with you. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. Let's start with learning a little bit about yourself. Tell us what you do, who you are. 30-second bios. Go. Sure. Uh, I'll start. My name is Ross. Ross Randall Cody is my full name. I grew up in a small town in Iowa. I met the love of my life while I was living and working in Mason City, Iowa as a funeral director, which I still do to this day. Um, We found out that, hey, people are dying everywhere. Why not go somewhere nice? That's what brought us down to the Carolinas. That has been a a great fit for us. We've enjoyed the the mild four seasons, which is nice. Um, We like the amenities and life is good. It's very succinct, Ross. Good job. Yeah, good job. Uh, Well, my name is Valerie, and I am the author of the Spiritual Wellness Guidebook, The Beauty Alchemist, and it is available on Amazon right now. I also have my own podcast, Aphrodite's Oracle, which you can find everywhere podcasts are. Um, I am also a certified yoga and meditation teacher, and I love being married to Ross. (laughs) Um, We... Um, have had sort of a non-traditional relationship in in a lot of ways. So I'm excited to talk about that with you today. Yeah. Why don't you take us back to Iowa? Tell us how Ross and Val became Ross and Val. (laughs) So it's flat and it's cold. And (laughs) the state. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thank you, Val. Val, yeah, Val's quite the opposite. Confused with Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Iowa. We are the uh, we are the, um, the the corn state, not the potato state. Okay, okay, that's, that's how you remember. It. Um, but Val and I actually met at a Relay for Life event. She was working for American Cancer Society um, as a funeral director. It's it's just good PR to show up to these type of events. And um, I had I had the opportunity to be introduced to to her um, a, a few weeks before that event. And so I recognized her, walked up to her, gave her a high five and um, asked her if she'd like a ride on my Harley. And the rest is history. That's I old. didn't know that. I'm so glad I asked <laughs> questions. He likes to think that I fell in love with his Harley. But really what it was, um, was I was on the back you know, riding on the back of his motorcycle and he was about to go really fast. He was about to like punch the throttle and really go fast. So before he did that, he reached back and grabbed my hand and put it around his waist even tighter to know that he was about to go fast. He didn't want me to literally fall off the back. So I (laughs) thought that was very romantic and I'll never forget that. (laughs) <laughs> did you send some sparks when he said hi to you at the Relay for Life event? 
or did it take uh, a lot? You know, I was, it was that the Relay for Life was my big deal for my internship. So I had been planning a lot and I had a lot to kind of do. So I was pretty busy uh, during that event. And I was also actually walking and talking with somebody who was doing a, a radio broadcast. And so there was like some confusion There was <laughs> if I was with that person, <laughs> which I was not. And so I wouldn't say I sent sparks. Well, this is how it felt. Mm-hmm. It felt so normal to talk. When he said we gave each other a high five, yeah. it was literally like he walked out of my past life into my present life and we started where we left off. It was so comfortable. It really was. There was no awkward awkwardness. Mm-hmm. There was no... It was just all familiar. And, and it felt... And this was only the second time we'd ever met. Mm-hmm. And so that feeling has really followed us throughout our entire relationship. And I think that's really the basis of, of where we hold our relationship is that just familiarity and mutual respect. Mm-hmm. And moving from Iowa to the Carolinas, you know, people are always like, oh, did you miss home? Do you ever go back home? And it's like, to be honest, like home is really wherever we are like together. And then that, and that's been proven because we've moved uh, eight times in about eight years. Uh, so we've, we've really, truly uh, tested the, uh, our relationship um, through all those moves. It can be quite stressful as, as probably all your listeners know, I'm guessing your listeners have probably moved once or twice and it's, it's the packing, it's the moving, it's the yeah. moving, picking up your life and, and putting it somewhere else. Do I remember correctly that you chose North Carolina from like a internet top 10? Correct. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> we, we did. It was like findmyspot.com or findyourspot.com. And we took a survey. We both did it in, as individuals. When we came together and Charlotte was in both in our top three and we're like, okay, well that settles that. And I applied to one job and I got it. And here we are. And we love the Carolinas. Mm -hmm. It has felt like home since day one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Love it. I love that tactic. What was the, what was the website? Find your home. Find your spot. Find your spot. spot. (laughs) Com, Sharon. Maybe it'll sponsor us all. Well, I have another memory that you shared with me, and it was it was about you taking advice from a Cosmo article very early on in your relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I grew up reading Cosmo and Glamour and all of the, the magazines, and there was always a section about how to interact with your man. And I remember taking a lot of that stuff to heart. <laughs> including a specific piece of advice that said, when you are staying overnight with your man, when you are in bed with him, right when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you should do is say, good morning. And this is this was the reasoning behind that. Uh, the article said that when you say good morning to your man, it subconsciously reminds him what a good morning it is. And it's a good morning because you are with him. So it was this sort of like Pavlovian experiment. And so I I was doing that, Sharon. I was doing that as many times as I could. Every time we woke up before our eyes even opened, I was like, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, baby. Good morning, baby. (laughs) Baby. And okay, guys, I was like 19 or 20, but still, I find out. And this actually, you know what? This is a really good microcosm of our relationship. Very true. I know where you're going with this. He told me the truth. Yep, right away. 
that he thought that was annoying. <laughs> Honestly, I, and I, when she first did, it, I was like, okay, you know, maybe maybe this is just a one time thing. She won't keep doing it. But the second time, I was like, this 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 is gonna be a deal breaker if she continues this. And I was like, you know, th- that whole like good morning baby thing. Like, if we could like not do that, that would that would make even a, a better morning for me. <laughs> yeah, it was it was annoying him, and that piece of honesty. I am just as I'm saying this, I'm realizing it. It really set the tone for open communication, mm-hmm. you Honesty. guys. That has really been yeah. a cornerstone, if not a foundational essence of our marriage is open communication, even in a situation as like I just described, which could have been hurtful, <laughs> could have been awkward, mm-hmm. could have made me feel bad. Um, but it yeah. strengthened us. It came from a place of love. It came from a good place. So I'm hearing... Throw out your cosmos and take a um, maybe like an improv class, like a social skills course. <laughs> yeah, figure out how to be a good conversationalist. That's great <laughs> advice. I would. I don't think Cosmo. That's a Sharon. No, you just be you, Sharon. I don't think Cosmo. Well, situations. Okay, this is this is another thing. I think that most resources. Now I say most because there are so many good good ones, but we do need to be uh, discerning about what sort of information we take in as women. And I don't think that all of the resources lead us in, a, in the right direction. Val and Ross, I'm going to cut you off right there, but we'll be right back in a few minutes. Thank you for listening to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. They say, they say, Brandy, you're a fine girl. And now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon. Welcome back to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. I am your host, Sharon, joined by Val and Ross. Ross, I want to hear about being a funeral director. I'm specifically interested in what are some misconceptions you've observed people have about what you do? Or some what are some of the weird questions you've got? Sure. Uh, I'd be happy to talk about that. Um, typically, what I get is, wow, you're a funeral director? Uh, which I take as a huge compliment because uh, people don't think I look like a funeral director. And to me, that's that's a huge compliment. Um, a lot of people think that funeral directors are weird, that, we're, <laughs> um, that we must be weird because we work with the dead. Um, and, and that's just simply not true. Um, I knew I wanted to be a funeral director. I feel very fortunate that I knew what I wanted to do at such a young age. I, I say young. I was, a, I was in high school. But um, I was delivering pizzas in high school. And the funeral directors came down to have some pizza one night and they're like, hey, you know, do you want to deliver pizzas all your life or would you like to you know, do something with your life? I was like, oh, gee, now that you say that, sure. Um, so I, had, I was washing cars. I was mowing lawns for the funeral home. Eventually, they, they bought me a suit and had me work in some funerals and, and uh, actually got to sit in with some families when they'd come in to make arrangements. And I got to see firsthand families walking in crying, sad, distraught, not knowing what to do. And a lot of times they'd walk out of that funeral home laughing. Um, you could just see the peace uh, in their face. And I thought, wow, what a rewarding thing to do to offer to people. And from then on, you know, the rest is history. Um, and since then, I've, I've really, I guess, developed my skills in, in every facet of the funeral industry, both from an embalming standpoint, 
which I find fascinating. I love the anatomy of it. I love uh, the chemistry of it. Um, and he's really, really good at it. <laughs> thank you. Bill. Um, the the pre need sales aspect of it, you know, setting uh, setting people up in advance before there's a need is very important. So the family's not sitting, you know, at a table, um, and their loved one's no longer there, and they're trying to make decisions on behalf of the deceased loved one. And then, of course, the at need director, meaning, you know, having that compassion, having the empathy to sit down with folks who just lost, you know, the, the, yeah. a lot of times the love of their life um, and be able to walk them through the process, you know, holding their hand the, the whole way is it's very powerful. Um, and I feel very fortunate. But as far as, you know, weird stories, bizarre stories, I mean, they're literally countless. And I mean that like on a, and on an annual basis. Um, the, the first time I ever um, went on a removal, which means somebody passed away. Uh, it's at a home, um, you know, as funeral directors, we have to go pick up that body. And this was in Chicago during the summer heat and Chicago's are just known for their just hot, brutal summers. And this is in September. And they're like, Hey, this, this person's been down, meaning that meaning they've been dead for about two months. So that would have been, that would be July and August. And right before the person hung up the phone with us, they said, by the way, bring a shovel. And I thought, Oh boy. And this, this is literally the first time I'm going on a removal to pick up, pick up a, a deceased uh, person. So we get there and we go to move this body off the couch. This guy passed away, probably watching TV on the couch. And we move, you know, what's left of his body, but his head doesn't go with him. It's stuck to the, uh, the furniture. He, he's basically become one with the couch. Um, so it was, it was an, it was an interesting situation. And, and, and honestly, at that point I should have known, you know, Hey, I'm going to continue doing this or, you know what? I'm out. I've seen enough. Yeah. That would have been it for a lot of people. <laughs> exactly. So that, that just, that just reiterated that, Hey, you know what? This is, this is interesting. Uh, I'm in. And that was, you know, that was 13, 14 years ago. I love hearing you talk about this, Ross. I think it, everything you said, it's just not a job that you hear about sure. very much. You're the only funeral director I've, I know I've ever met and I, I feel very grateful to have this kind of insight into yeah. a career, which you've taught me is, is really beautiful. It is. It's such a complex, dynamic, sure. um, really important role. Yeah. You're talking about a lot of emotions on yeah. from a lot of people. I wanted to add that I, th- I think that when you work with death on a daily basis, you are constantly confronted with your own mortality, even if it's just subconscious. And I think we as a culture live in a way that we feel like we're never going to get old, we're never going to die. And we don't think about that. And so that kind of hinders us from living in the present moment and really enjoying life to the fullest. Whereas with you, your perspective on life is so pure and purified, I think, because you have to see it mm-hmm. daily. I encounter it. And on a regular encountering basis. it so much, it just it makes it gives you perspective in a way that you literally you, Ross literally does not sweat the small stuff. He's very <laughs> even keeled, mm-hmm. very calm, because in the you have that greater perspective due, sure. due to funeral directing. And if I could real quickly to your listeners, if there's anyone out there listening, interested in becoming a funeral director, let me just tell you this. It's a $20 billion industry. And right now we're serving basically the, the, you know, the, the silent generation, the greatest generation ever. Um, the next generation coming up is the baby boomers. So we're going from about 20 million people that we're serving it's going to uh, climb very quickly to about 60 million. I mean, there aren't going to be enough funeral homes. There's not going to be enough funeral directors to meet that kind of need. 
it's going to be very interesting to see what happens over the next course of uh, the next 20 years. It's going to be very, very interesting in the funeral industry. Shout out to Bailey, my niece, who's following in your footsteps. <laughs> Come and join us, Bailey. Join the dark side. I wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about something I've noticed in you just since I've known you from the start. I've, I've very much admired how you two communicate, and I've really sensed that you've grown and matured in your communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, working on 11 years now, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it goes back kind of that Cosmo story. It's it's always been about just that open openness, that willing to, willingness to just and sit, you know, instead of harboring this and, you know, uh, I'm just going to hang on to this maybe uh, disdain or, <laughs> or being upset with her. It's like, I'm just going to communicate with her mm-hmm. and, and see what happens. And thankfully, it's always gone down a down a pleasant road. Right. And I do think that, you know, you mentioned we moved from Iowa and we moved to North Carolina completely on our own. We didn't know anybody. We didn't have family here. We just picked it because we wanted to live here. And I think that total immersion in newness away from people that we had spent our entire life with and influences from the past and whatnot really helped us bond because in those moments, you're just solidified together Mm -hmm. and you're experiencing everything like daily life is brand new. It's kind of like traveling together, except daily life is brand new. And so in that way, you build a foundation together that's truly yours without inside influence uh, or opinions uh, from other people. And it kind of put us in like a sink or swim mentality. It's like, you know, it's just me and you against you know, the against the world here. We don't we don't have family, you know, down the road that can you know help us if we if we run into a bind or or friends down the road that you know we can talk to if if we were it. It was just me and her. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's, it's kind of stayed that way for for about 10 more years yeah. after that. And you talked a little bit in the break about how over the past eight, nine months during the pandemic, um, you've grown a lot also. And I, I asked you how you were before we started recording and you said mm-hmm. really, really good. Actually, <laughs> you talked about how you've kind of been focusing on just being more intentional mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Just bringing that focus back into our relationship. It's so easy to get distracted by, by the, the big world out there. And I think my main point here, I've used this analogy before. I don't remember if it was on my own podcast, but the analogy is picture um, like a pot of boiling water and you have the or a pot of soup, that's better. The soup is warm and everything in it is is cooking and becoming flavorful and nutritious. And it, with the lid on, all of that goodness stays inside the pot and you get to enjoy that. If you keep taking the lid off, it becomes less, it, it, it loses its heat, um, it loses its ability to cook, it loses its ability to integrate. And so what we realized we were doing was through different outlets like social media and not talking enough and just normal things that happen as you've been together for 10 years like we have, we were taking the lid off a little bit too much. And so in this past year, we've really kept it on. And so we've been able to formulate a true, deep, really deep connection Mm -hmm. um, that I think can only come when you make the conscious decision to do so. I don't think it's something that happens without trying 
I'm going to pause you right there, but I want to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. Return for the next segment. Thank you so much for listening to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. They say, they say, Brandy, And now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon. Welcome back to Ship Talking. I'm your host, Sharon, joined by Val and Ross Cody. Val, you've had a big year, haven't you? (laughs) I'm I'm interested in hearing what you've been up to. Well, thank you. I have had a a big year. Um, I started this year off like everyone else, uh, except I deleted all of my social media about about nine months ago. And in that time, and say that um, I noticed you deleted your Instagram profile, and I originally panicked that I did something to insult you because I thought I was blocked. So I was very to hear that. Yeah. You're safe here. Yeah, I, I think yes. It is. It is shocking at first. It is just a shock. <laughs> no. um, but what I decided was I needed to rectify my own intuition. I was. I noticed that my intuition was was off in some situations, and just to not be too vague. But I mean. I noticed that my intuition was off. And so I needed to take a step back from being so socially visible. And so that's really why I got off social media was to reground in my spiritual practice. And since then, I've been um, enrolled in a female path spirituality course. It's called The Female Path um, by a Vedic astrologer named Claire Nocti. You guys should look her up. She's absolutely fabulous. And it just talks about, we talk about how the female spiritual path differs from the male path and why they differ and how they differ and how we can, as women, embody the divine feminine and not try to use male religion and male processes to reach our inner state of calm. And so that's what I've been up to. And I've been feeling better than ever. I am returning to social media, though. Uh, As we record this, I'm in the process of planning on coming back. But I have also been keeping up with my presence on my own podcast, where I talk about spirituality and Occult topics, uh, the Carl Jung archetypes, the tarot, and practical spirituality in a way that you can actually use esoteric concepts in less of an airy-fairy sort of way. Sometimes when you talk about it's like a different language to me, but I am so – I love hearing you talk about (laughs) stuff. It's kind of captivating. Couldn't agree more, Shane. (laughs) <laughs> and I will add as well, uh, part of my return to social media is in, will include meditation videos. And I have a new one up on my YouTube channel right now. It's a 25-minute yoga nidra meditation. So if you were ever interested in listening to me help you fall asleep. And we'll, we'll link to everything in the show notes so listeners can access it easily. Sharon, did you know we are recording this podcast on a full moon? I did not. Yeah. The cold moon, the wolf moon in January. Oh, I did not know that. Now you know. <laughs> All 
All right, we're going to end this podcast like we have um, often. I have given Val and Ross a long list of fun questions to ask your significant other, and they have both picked one secretly and (laughs) are going to throw them at each other. Go for it. Okay, Ross. My question to you is, have I ever given you any nicknames? Since day one. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, I am a funeral director, and that means I work with a lot of older people. Um, a lot of that is over the phone. I'm talking to people, and most people think my name is Rox or Ralph when I'm talking to them. So I, t- I told my wife, or I told my girlfriend at the time, Valerie, this, and I said, you know, a lot of people are calling me Rox. And she's like, oh, that's kind of cute. I'm going to call you Rox. And Rox, uh, that evolved into Rocky. My Rocky. That evolved into my Rocky. That evolved into Myra Key, <laughs> and that involved to Myra Keys, and now my first name is Myra, and my last name is Keys, or, or Mr. Keys, if you will. So that's the evolution of my name. I've been calling her daddy lately. Oh, I have been her daddy lately, though. So, All right, Ross, real quick. Now, Val, quick, quick question for you. I'm going to give you $500. I'm going to give you $500 right now. What are you going to spend it on? Crystals. Jeez. <laughs> She's going to get like one crystal for that. I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble and buy out the spirituality section. And I'll I think I could have I called that. Yep. <laughs> Won't get All you right. far. We are out of time. Val and Ross, this has been lovely. I think you're going to join us again in the future. Maybe. Excellent. We got a lot more to talk about. All right. Thank you so much for, for listening to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. Don't forget, we're on Apple Podcasts, so go hit subscribe, leave us five stars, and we hope you tune in to us again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, Sharon. Love you, Sharon Bear. You've been listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine on 97.9 The Hill. For more episodes, visit the on-demand page of our website, chapelboro.com. Sure,